0: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell.
3: Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're in the midst of you know some powerful series where I've been bringing people on on and off during the year to talk about how they're helping to spread the power of excuse me, the message of empowerment, uh, whether that's through the new thought message or other teachings that help people discover the truth within themselves and practically apply their spirituality so today i have a couple of uh of new folks that i just um w- recently became aware of and i wanted to make sure that you were exposed to their work um so welcome on the call reverend Dieter randolph and his wife jennifer hello, hello. how are you
4: doing oh wonderful so wonderful good to be here.
1: today yeah thank you so much for having us
3: not a problem. Not a problem. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. So before we get into talking about some of the subjects that, uh, you, know, we're, you know, we're going to talk about today, you know, your work, your book, your et cetera, et cetera. I want to make sure that the people have an opportunity to know who they're talking to. So could you all give a little bit of your background so they can um, so the audience will know who you are?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, I am a uh, a third generation minister. My mom and dad are both unity ministers, and my grandparents on my mom's side are unity ministers. In fact, I was uh, born at St. Luke's Hospital in Kansas City, but both my mom and dad were working at the village, Unity Village, and uh, it was the first home I ever knew. Back in the day, there was a trailer park right there on the grounds, and that was my very first home. And so I am about as unity of a unity baby as you can have.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Beautiful, beautiful. Jennifer?
1: And as far as I I go, I actually was born to a couple of wonderful, beautiful, spiritual seekers. I was born overseas in Indonesia, in Jakarta, and my parents have been all over the world and I have been exposed to just about every single religion there is. At one point we were Mormon, we were Assemblies of God, we were Baptist, we've been to the Vedanta Society. I've gone through all kinds of various meditation techniques and everything. You, You name it. And, and, uh, I, I've probably done it. Um, but it was really interesting when I was 14, that's when I found unity and I had my first job and the bosses of the place that I worked invited me to go to unity church. And, um, so I was just, I was like, oh, I'm home, you know, just found my home at 14. And then two years later, I met Dieter at that same church. We met in the youth program that they had there. And then um, in the Y.O.U. room room, and we have been together ever since Um, this coming June, we'll be celebrating our 23rd wedding anniversary. So, yeah, so we've been doing ministry for a really, really long time Well,
4: in in one year. uh, Jenny graduated from high school. And we got married, and I got ordained, and we had our first baby, and we started a storefront church because we're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was like, "You all just wanted the gold medal for religion." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That definitely works. So, um, so obviously, you all have a background in unity, and you know the new thought movement, and the work that you're doing, and you. You all have a new book titled Branching In. First of all, could you tell us a little bit about the book and what does the term branching in actually mean?
4: Yeah, absolutely. We wrote the book based on a feeling that, that we, call, we call it unity shame, and maybe you know what I mean. The, uh, the thing that happens is in unity, of course, as you know, we believe that what we think about, what we have on the inside – is what we get in our lives on the outside. And so we do a lot of work on that, and that is beautiful and empowering. But there's a little bit of a downside in a way, and that is there are sometimes people go, well, my life isn't going good right now. I don't like what's going on in my life. Therefore, I must be bad on the inside. You know what I mean? And so, like I said, unity shame or unity guilt. And I've even had people tell me, well, you know, I didn't go to church on Sunday because I didn't feel so good, which to me, It's like saying I didn't go to the hospital because I had a fever. You know, I mean, it's exactly the place you're supposed to be. And so we wrote the book based on the idea, first of all, that even when you're not feeling good, you're supposed to feel those feelings so that you can get to the other side of them. Even the negative feelings are a blessing, are an educational opportunity. And so that was really part of it. The basic idea of branching in is we all have this eternal, infinite, unchanging truth about us. The the divine spark in us, as Paul said, you know, Christ in you, your hope of glory. There's this timeless part of us that never changes. But on the outside, things are changing all the time. Your weight fluctuates. Where you live changes. What you feel about certain things changes all the time. And those are the, the two things that people have been wrestling with since the dawn of humanity. And there's a whole spectrum of ways to deal with that. Some people just get really immersed in Material possessions and stuff and drama and all of that changing stuff. And you know what? That's valid for them. But boy, oh boy, when something wears out or goes away, they just go to the next thing and go to the next thing and go to the next thing. And it looks a little bit like the pattern that you'd see in something like addiction. And on the other hand, there's people that are on the other end of the spectrum. They say, I'm going to reject everything material and I'm going to just build a wall around myself. And that's valid too but either way you're putting a big wall around a huge chunk of existence and our position is what if it's all good
1: right and i think i think even to add on to what you were saying you don't need anything extra to be who you already are so for us branching in is sort of the process of understanding that current moment as sort of the beginning or the fruit of a more profound life experience and we follow it through branch and trunk back to root and use that to expand our awareness as the beginning or the seed of something new.
4: Yeah. So what if the moment that you're having right now, whether it's positive or negative, what if that is a manifestation of something bigger? So in other words, we want to be the kind of people who aren't fooled by appearances. We can look through what's going on and see the face of the divine staring back at us. And so, you know, practically, it's like, if you want to have a better marriage, let's say, don't just see the other person as your adversary. <laughs> don't just see them for what they do or they don't do for you. Rather, can you look at that other person and say, you know what? You are a manifestation of love. You're not all there is to love. But together, you and I are dancing to the music that love plays. You know what I mean? There's this bigger right. something. If you can find something bigger, past experiences, that's what we call branching in. And it makes you a better Husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. It makes you a better worker at your job. Makes you a better preacher. It makes you a better anything when you know that what's going on in front of you is just a manifestation of something amazing.
3: All right, beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, first of all, I you know I have heard of the the shame that sometimes goes along with uh, metaphysical teachings and especially New Thought, Unity, Science mm-hmm. of Mind, etc. And it's interesting that you bring it up because. It shows up in different ways. Um, I've talked to students because I've been teaching in new thought now for, uh, this will be my 21st year. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I was, I'm, I'm insane like you all. No, no, no. <laughs> <that's a joke. laughs> and I'm joking, joking. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, the, I think that the point that you all are making is so important because I've seen it myself many times where if a person has a health challenge, they won't come to church.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A,
3: you know, if a person has, um, you know, has had some financial breakdowns, they stop coming to church. If they have some marriage problems, they stop coming to church. And that's the time you need to be in that collective consciousness. You need to be in the environment that'll lift up your thinking. But people, you know, when, when people aren't, quote-unquote demonstrating what they think they should be demonstrating and you can only demonstrate what you can demonstrate at the present level of your consciousness that's right, uh, right. <laughs> it's it, it makes it a, it's amazing to me that people detach
1: yeah it's such a fine line because you know we say take personal responsibility and and you are co-creators with god and i think sometimes people forget that it's co-creators you know that we don't have to be in charge all the time and things sometimes happen that you know are just for just a moment and that we can walk through that and that makes us more aware it makes us more sympathetic it makes us grow in all kinds of different and profound ways and i think people lose focus on that part of it and part of the blessing that even walking through you know quote unquote the fire um the good on the other side is is really profound. Well, and, you know, I think that sometimes
4: people think that being spiritual means that bad stuff never happens, right. that you never get challenged, that you never have hardship. And the thing is, if there was, if being spiritual meant that nothing bad happened, then obviously Jesus wasn't very spiritual, because <laughs> was yeah. by that, you know, there was multitudes that needed to be fed, there was sick people that needed to be healed, there were taxes that needed to be paid, there was water that needed to be turned into wine, you know? I think that spirituality is not about problem avoidance. Spirituality is about problem solving, and that's a big difference.
3: Yes, yes, and, and one of the things that comes out of that shame is also the opposite. I'm sure you all have bumped into it, and we get back to your your, um, your book material is the new thought elitism. You know, so yeah. I'm I'm new thought, and you know I'm better than because of my metaphysical thinking. I'm higher and above, and then when stuff happens that's outside of that paradigm, mm-hmm. then the shame shows up because I'm supposed to be above this.
4: Yes. Right, exactly. exactly. Oh, that is, that is so dead on. And it's funny. There have been times when I have encountered people at Unity. I'm not going to say names, but I've encountered people at Unity say, you know, that church I used to go to, they were just so judgmental and so close-minded. And boy, those people are just such jerks, you know, and then they'll say something that is just every bit as judgmental and closed minded right. You know, mm-hmm. I have encountered snobbery under the banner of new thought on, you know, unprecedented in any other mainstream tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's something to watch out for.
3: Yes. Yes. I, I tell folks all the time. Be careful. You know, and- th- here's the key word when 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 you know that you're functioning in new thought elitism. When you look at somebody and you say, oh, they wouldn't be that way if they knew truth. Like, wait a minute. Truth is not is not the sole possession of the New Thought movement.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that is right. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, there's that great quote. And sometimes depending on the edition of that great book, Lessons in Truth, depending on the edition you have, sometimes it appears and sometimes it doesn't. You know that Dr. H. Emily wrote Lessons in Truth. But there's a part in the beginning, a little quote from Charles Fillmore, where basically he says, look, the truth we teach is not new. We don't claim any special You know, copyright on it or anything else. This is our truth, but our job is to use and prove the eternal truth taught by the master. We're not the only people with with this. We don't have special dispensation. In fact, the moment you start believing that you've got special stuff that nobody else has, boy, that's when you need to watch out.
3: Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Let me let the people know, by the way, if somebody wants to call in, that they can. You can call in at 888-558-6489 if you want to ask uh, Reverend Dieter or his wife. Uh, should I say Jennifer or Jenny? Jenny, That's on the e- I the Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I
1: only, my mom calls me Jennifer or people that want money from me. So Jenny okay. is what I go
3: by. <laughs> You know, I, I thought of that, that, um, that song uh, from Jennifer Lopez, which is like Jenny from the block, but you can be oh, like no. Jenny, Jenny from unity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm going <laughs> to myself here, but you know, um, Tommy Tutone was the bane of my existence in high school, you know,
3: Jenny, eight, six, seven, a- five, a- eight, three, eight. Six, seven five, three. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember that song as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, If you want to call in and ask uh, some questions or make some comments, uh, call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. So can you tell us a little bit more about this uh, branching in material? What were you trying to cover? You gave us the general idea, but what were you trying to um, help people process through with this concept called branching in?
4: The basic idea is to really, really be where you are. And, you know, a lot of people say that, but I really want us to go to the next level of it. I think that one of the real benefits that, that Unity in particular and New Thought in general bring to the table is that we're really trying to focus on making a difference where we are. You know, that Unity winged globe, our symbol, is a symbol of we're all in this together. We're trying to lift up this experience. And that's very different because there are a lot of, of belief systems that are geared around helping you pack your spiritual bags you know what i mean the idea of well if you're good enough someday you get to quit living this life and you get to go to heaven or nirvana or the great beyond whatever that individual tradition calls it and that is a valid belief system but it's not our belief system and in fact i think it can lead to some trouble because if all i really want to do is get away it helps – I mean, rather, it prevents me from making a difference where I am. You know, it's it's a little bit – the thing I always say is it's like being in a relationship with somebody and saying, you know what? I'm only hanging around with you until I meet the right person. Yeah, you know, That's yeah. pretty gross, you know? And so yeah. some people have that kind of relationship with their lives where they're just trying to get away. And, you know, just like in the 12-step groups, how they say there's no geographical cure. Well, let's take that to a metaphysical level. You are where you are to learn things and, most importantly, maybe, to teach some things. And until you seize that twofold educational opportunity, you're going to just keep repeating those lessons. So part of how we save the world is by really being where we are and saying, okay, this moment, there are no accidents. And, you know, we talk about the idea that the things that are happening to you in your life happen By right of consciousness. I love that phrase. It sounds so fancy. By right of consciousness. In other words, you've earned what's going on by what you've got going on in your heart and in your mind. And that's not about blame. But it's about going, I take responsibility for this moment. I claim my part in the co-creation of this so that I can make it better next and so on. And we say that all the time. It's everywhere. And in fact, it's in every self-help book you you pick up at the bookstore. Mm -hmm. It's a universal idea. But I want to take that and flip it around and say this, too. People say, well, why am I here? You know, that's sort of the big question. And one of the answers is you are here because you are required. If there's no accidents, it also means there's no accident about you. You're Just like you create the things in your life by what you think about, it's almost as though the universe has thought you into existence. So in other words, why am I here? You're here because the universe needs you to be here. You're here because there's no place else for you to be. And so the beautiful thing is to really own that. I'm not talking about putting up with stuff that hurts. But I'm saying, and the book branching in is saying, the only way to make it better is to really take that moment and say, I am really here right now. And I am going to shine the full light of my love and my awareness and my presence and my me. I'm going to shine it in this moment so that I can make a positive difference and change some things.
3: Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. You know, I was thinking about Responsibility and how we, uh, have beliefs that basically say, I'm checking out. I'm just, I'm just here temporarily because this is not the end goal, which is, is cool in any way it goes. Many people have different religious beliefs, but one of the things that I've been telling some of my, uh, personal friends, uh, over the last couple of years is, and well, we got about a minute and a half before the break, is that um one of the reasons why we have such challenges with things for instance in our country and around the world with like global warming. Oh global warming what difference does it make? Uh it's it's real it's not real. Forget what the scientists say. It's because if you have people who believe that Jesus is about to come back or their equivalent God's judgment is about to come back and destroy the earth anyway, why preserve it? Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. it, that belief in and of itself, so if the majority of the people that are in Congress, that are in the Senate, or in the uh, administrative, that are in the Supreme Court or the court systems or whatever, have these, this fundamental, I'm not knocking it, I'm shining light on a concept that I disagree with. This yeah. particular branch of the Judeo-Christian tradition, which is the judgmental God that, that will wreak havoc on the world to recreate a new one. Yeah, that means don't save the one that's, that we currently have the one that we all need. W- what difference does it make for my great grandchildren? If yeah. I don't believe that, it will, I will that the world will be over before they get here.
4: Yeah, so, and that's a, it, that's a real problem. And related to that is that people go, oh, well, you know, it says in the Bible, we're supposed to have dominion. And that means we can just do damage. And right. I always, you know, if you babysit my kids, I expect you to have dominion. I don't expect you to eat my kids. Right.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's a very good, very good point. So we're going to quickly take our first break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
0: If Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, Please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world.
5: It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on UnityOnlineRadio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music.
2: Thank you for tuning in to truth transforms now here's your host reverend galen mcdowell
3: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Before we get back to Reverend uh, Dieter Randolph and his wife Jenny, I want to make sure that you know that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give, go to the unity.fm website, Unity Online Radio, which is unity.fm, click on the giving or donate button, and make sure you support this online ministry. These shows go all over the world. They're helping people in every continent and places where they will not where because of their a uh, local um uh, i don't even want to, uh, government won't even allow sometimes teachings like this to exist so let's make sure that we help get this message around the world because we are making a difference also want to remind you that if you're listening in the Chicago land area and you're listen, obviously listening live that today is the first day of Lent and we have an Ash Wednesday service from 12 noon until 1 p.m. Uh, our senior minister, the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells will be presenting a lesson called What is Lent? And at Christ Universal Temple, we always use the acronym Lent. Let's eliminate negative thinking. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we learn how to. F- how to fast from negativity, fast from, uh, thoughts of error and feast, not just fast, but also feast on love, feast on peace, feast on transformation, feast on prosperity. So come learn how we, we can do that. We, matter of fact, during the Lenten season, we'll be teaching, uh, daily lessons from 12 to 1230, Monday through Friday, not daily, but Monday through Friday out of the book, Keep a True Lent. And on Sundays, we'll be doing the, the lessons out of the book, Keep a Lent. So come check us out. Uh, if you want more information, you can contact us at uh, org. Also want to remind you that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Like it. Give it a rating. My request is five stars. And let's help – Make sure we get this message uh, again around the world. Finally, this, all of the podcasts for this show are not, are not only on the Unity.fm website, but they're also on iTunes and Stitcher. iTunes is obviously for Mac devices, Apple devices. Stitcher is for Android devices. And if you have one or the other, you can listen to all the podcasts. But I'm also going to request that you also give it a five-star rating because The shows that have, or the podcasts that have five star ratings, are pushed by iTunes. They're pushed by Stitcher, and that'll help get this material out. There's a lot of material in the in the catalog of podcasts now. As I was just telling uh, Reverend Dieter and um, Jenny, that I've done that I think it'd be beneficial: Christian healing, lessons and truth, uh, the creative process, the whole Sermon on the Mount line by line, metaphysically interpreted. Um, I've, you know. The and other material that we've transitioned into New Thought Language, like Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, et cetera, et cetera. Chapter by chapter, the eye of the storm. So this this work matters, and I want to make sure that as much as we possibly can, we are getting the material out. I'll do my part. I'm asking you all to do your part to help spread this message. The only thing you have to do is write a review, share, like, email it to somebody, it doesn't require a lot, but that little bit when done collectively can help transform our space and, and help transform human consciousness. So, again, if you have a question for Reverend Dieter or Jenny, please call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. So uh, I want to know about, one, how can people get your book and I also want to know about your website, UnitySociety.com.
4: Okay, well, first of all, I just want to say, before I answer that, I just want to say how wonderful it is to hear somebody doing Lessons in Truth, Christian Healing, Prosperity, the the basics, the foundations of our movement. That just does my heart good. That's just like gold to me. So I'm just so grateful that you're doing this. So, thank yeah, it's a that's a big deal. You're fighting the good fight, and I just love it. I'm honored. I know Jenny is too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so the book is you can go to the official website for the book, which is just branchingin.com, and there's a there's a you know a, a little video that Jenny and I have made explaining what the book is about and that kind of stuff. But you can find branching in at Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or any any place you would get books. You can go to there and do it. Um, I'd love it if people went to their actual bookstore in their town and requested a copy, but that might make it take a little bit longer because they'd have to order it, generally speaking. But you can go to Amazon right now and get it, and uh, we're grateful for you to do so
3: beautiful beautiful and with the unitysociety.com website tell me a little bit about that I'll tell us
1: Well we started Unity Society basically as a unity fan site really <laughs> honestly that's what it was is there was a place to sort of collect all of this good material and we really believe that this spirituality and your religion just doesn't happen on Sunday morning. It happens every day throughout the week. So it is in the places that you visit. It is in the things that you buy and where you choose to spend your money. And it's in the places that you choose to serve. So when you go to UnitySociety.com, what you're going to find is you're going to find articles. You're going to find recipes. Dieter and I are both vegetarian. Both of our kids are vegetarian, too, in the old Unity tradition of that. And so you're going to find awesome vegetarian recipes. You're going to find articles about how to do life better and pointing you in directions of restaurants that are doing good, small businesses that are helping their communities. You're going to find ways to actually, to be socially active and things that you can do to help your own community. So that's, and that's basically what it
4: is. And there's articles about, you know, like I wrote something about May Roland, who just is a hero to us, but there's also an article about, you know, more, more common books and more modern, I should say uh, stuff. And the idea is, There are a number of organizations within the unity movement that are doing amazing work sort of from the top down, saying this is how we're going to organize it, here's how we're going to send ministers out into the field, here's how we're going to do this and that and the other, and it's wonderful. I'm so happy that that is happening, but I also feel that there's room for coming from the other end. So the idea of Unity Society as a fan site is just to sort of create grassroots excitement, From normal people who are not necessarily ministers or licensed teachers or anything else, just we want people to be excited about living the unity life. And so at the end of the day, if you read the articles and stuff like that, there's sort of a behavioral imperative there, and that is to go find a unity center in your town. And we make it as easy as possible to go do that, to read these great classic unity books, to do that sort of thing, and go to your church as sort of the spiritual equivalent of an informed consumer. You know what I mean? So that's right. how we try to make a difference in the world is just by making people hungry for unity because it has lit that flame in our hearts and has made, made all the difference in the world in our lives. And we just can't help but share it with the rest of the world in every way we can.
3: Beautiful, beautiful. So let me ask you this question, um, which is slightly off of the topic, but it's right on the money when it comes to unity. And obviously, Christ Universal Temple was originally a unity church. It was originally Christ Unity Temple before we went independent. So I'm sure you're aware of Reverend Johnny Coleman, Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman. Absolutely. The, uh, <laughs> so um one of the things that our brand of new thought, and I'm saying our, including, you know, the Universal Foundation for Better Living, along with Unity, because we're basically teaching what was espoused by Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. Right. Um uh is heavily is is sometimes considered metaphysical christianity which is slightly different from the um, new thought movement's current de-emphasis on uh metaphysical bible interpretation Mm -hmm. in my opinion all of original new thought was metaphysical christianity but it has kind of evolved away from that can you talk a little bit about why it's important for us to not surrender the Bible to fundamentalism.
4: Yes, I would love to talk about that. It's something that comes up a lot. In fact, try and get me to quit talking. I was going to say, I, I might
1: as well just check out because now he's <laughs> going to
3: go now. So <laughs> I think yeah. I just found my new buddy.
4: <laughs> no, this is a big deal to me. I mean, I recognize that under the banner of unity and new thought, there is a broad spectrum, and I really try to be respectful of that. I'm not here to make anybody else wrong. However, just as you said, for one thing, historically, when you look at Emma Curtis Hopkins, who I sort of regard as the, the mother or the founder of New Thought, because she's the first one. She, You know, Quimby, Phineas Quimby, is not doing church stuff, and he's not doing the same kind of thing you'd encounter in a New Thought tradition. Mary Baker Eddy is doing Christian science, which is very important, but very different. But her student, Emma Curtis Hopkins, is doing things that are very compatible with what you would see in a New Thought Church, Unity or otherwise. And she's a person who taught Charles and Myrtle Fillmore. She taught Ernest Holmes. She taught Melinda Kramer, Annie Ricks Millett, and on and on and on. All of the founders of the major New Thought traditions. And her book is called Scientific Christian Mental Practice. This is a big deal. And she's got Bible in through everything. If you look at the foundational teachings, if you look at Christian healing, prosperity, lessons, and truth, Anything, May Roland wrote, anything that the original crew <laughs> at Unity wrote, it's got Bible through and through. So, historically, obviously, there's a precedent. But that's not the most important part. The most important part is, it's our primary textbook because it works. There is such beauty and majesty and pertinence. There is stuff going on in the Bible that nothing else can touch. Everything else, in my view, is just a footnote. That's the most important reason, but there's also a a sociological reason. I know that there are a lot of people who read and teach the Bible and use it to justify hate and fear and prejudice and separation and all of that kind of thing. I know that, and I recognize that some people feel that the right response is to just step away from the Bible because, quote-unquote, bad people, you know, we don't believe in bad people, but you know what I mean, because the bad guys are using it. But the thing is, that's a little bit like taking your ball and going home. And if I can't enter that dialogue, not to argue, not to fight, but just to say, you know, there's another way to read this. Mm -hmm. If I can't speak Bible, I have nothing to say to those people. And I want to say it again. It's not like there's bad guys, but bear with me. It's like letting the bad guys win.
1: Well, and I think for me personally, again, with my diverse religious background, the Bible was something that is and still is very personal to me. And I refuse to surrender that knowledge and that feeling. And, you know, my background, just like you said, just because people use it to justify hate and anger and fear and all of it, you know, um, Jesus for me is so personal. And the Bible is so personal and I'm just not willing to give up that part of me. Sorry. (laughs) So, so, you know, although it can be something that is, could be, you know, political or whatever you want to say, for me,
4: it is personal. I love that. And the thing is, look, I've gotten food poisoning at restaurants before. It doesn't mean restaurants are bad. Right. It means I need to go to better restaurants. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is It is absolutely the case that people have done nasty things with the Bible, mean things. But it doesn't mean the Bible's bad. It means I need to learn how to read it better. And if I just give up and stop reading it, not only am I missing out on an opportunity to change the world through dialogue and participation, but it also means I'm shutting off such an important teaching tool. Just like yeah. Emmett said, every Bible should say, this means me on the cover. Yeah. This is book about you you're going to stop reading a book about you just because somebody else doesn't read it that way that seems small-minded to well me. we have to speak the same language we have
1: to be knowledgeable i think that's what it really comes down to if we're really going to make a difference we have to learn this language
4: well that's the other thing i mean uh, socioeconomically, even if you are not in the judeo-christian tradition western culture exists in the context right. of the judeo-christian tradition so right. it There's a Bible precedent, whether or not you agree with it or it's your primary textbook. I'm not saying that. But if you can't speak that language, you're missing a lot. Mm -hmm. So there's a million reasons why you ought to know your Bible, even if the only reason is so that you can talk to that, you know, uncle so-and-so who's going to sit down with you on the Thanksgiving table and tell you you're going to hell. If I can't, I can't talk to him. And that means we're going to keep that divide going. And nobody wants that.
3: Right. Yeah, I used to be that... um that young new thought person that people know about that, uh, that became the, uh, the defender of the movement. You know, (laughs) every time somebody would say something about new thought, Oh oh my God, I would get them because they did, because I knew Bible, Mm -hmm. I would, (laughs) I don't do it now because I found that it was somewhat feeding my ego. So I had to just stop doing it because (laughs) it's, it's amazing when you see somebody who quotes Bible and you realize they don't know bible then they realize they don't know bible mm-hmm. because i would never bring up metaphysics to explain it you know mm-hmm. if you know bible well enough you don't have to use metaphysics because they don't understand metaphysics to bring metaphysics to an argument makes you have to be able to show you don't even know how to interpret it literally like <laughs> <Right. if> I, <laughs> you no, know
4: that's,
3: that is well said that is you well, know. You know, so, yeah, I have used to do that all the time but because I was reading so much material and because Reverend Coleman had a habit of making sure we always had the best people. When I had showed up at this church in 93, you know, Rocco Erico was coming here all the time doing things uh, with the Aramaic, etc. I oh, remember yeah. when she first got exposed to Bishop John Shelby Spawn, she brought him in to preach. And then for the next two days, the ministers and teachers got 8-hour lessons from him for the next 2 days. Wow. wow. You know she was, that was the type of leader that she was. Yeah. That How can I make sure that my people are exposed to the best people? Yeah. And because of that, you know, I'm you know, I made sure that my that, I, that my knowledge base was tight. And and I think it's important as you said to be able to have that conversation especially in a new thought movement when people say, "Well, you all aren't really Christian or, you know, I use the term new thought Christian, mm-hmm. but, but when it's all said and done, I, I I'm me. That's, mm-hmm. as you just said the, on the front of the book was Emmett Fox. You're reading you. That's, That's right. Like, I'm, I'm me. So only thing I can really give you or show you or present to you is me. What I understand of truth, my understanding of the teaching, my understanding of life in the context of this teaching, this philosophy, this theology, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, the, the Jesus guys in New Thought, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, It and fascinates that's so, me.
1: It's, yeah. yeah, it's so important because if we want to start representing New Thought Christians and what Christians are really supposed to be doing, we have to show it. You know, just like you are. And I think that that is so important and it's so beautiful. Well, and you know, what I say,
4: people go, well, don't you feel that there's validity in the Buddha or in Muhammad or Moses or whatever? And of course, yes, absolutely. But the way I say it is this. Jesus is the hero of our story. It doesn't mean there's not other stories to tell. Right. But but for you to miss out on that story, I mean, what I have said to people before is, you know, if Jesus walked into this room. And had something to tell you, would you say, oh, well, you know, I have risen beyond Christianity. Really? You're that close-minded that even if it's not your main thing, you're not going to at least listen to what he has to say?
3: Well, yeah, it's, I think what we what it the larger conversation is those of us who are part of this generation of leaders now have to be mindful that we present Bible-based new thought. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that anybody else is doing, you know, their emphasis on quantum physics-based new thought or uh, any other things. Because, because Holmes and and all the other folks and Fillmore, they all taught the sciences and philosophies of their day. So I think we have to know that material. Yeah. But it was to, but all of that was to shine light mm-hmm. on our primary philosophy and our primary text and our secondary text or text what else it will be lessons of truth with the science of mind folks uh the science of mind book etc cetera, etc cetera. Sure. uh i'm looking at the clock and i'm saying we're gonna have to have a quick pause here so jeff let's go ahead and get that second um um break in so we'll be right back with truth transforms
5: Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising,
2: You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms.
3: So, welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're, um, I want to make sure that the people know how to get in contact with you. So, is the best way to contact you all through your website?
4: Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way is if you just go to UnitySociety.com and there's a contact form there. You can also just write us. We're Dieter at UnitySociety.com or Jenny at UnitySociety.com. There's also info at UnitySociety.com. We're also really active. There's a Facebook page, Facebook.com slash The Unity Society.
1: Twitter, Instagram. You can... We're everywhere. We're you can, everywhere. You just, yeah, you can just Google it. Yeah. You'll, you'll find us. But
4: yeah, the easiest way is just UnitySociety.com.
3: Right. So, And I'm going to encourage... Uh, My listeners, whether you're listening to this live or you're listening to this later via the podcast, uh, make sure that you get this book, support the process. It's important that folks who are who are um, I'm using this term, not in the term of dissing anyone else, but in my opinion, teaching purist, purist in the sense of. This is what new thought is presenting to the world. This is what unity as a philosophy is presenting to the world. And are willing to stand on that which has helped transform their own lives and the lives of their own family members, etc. That matters because, uh, I, you know, many times when we're trying to teach m- new material at CUT through our own institute, um, you know, I'm, you know, sometimes we're having conversations because we're trying to find new books. That actually don't adulterate the teaching. Mm. It's, It's difficult because, you know, we're talking about any given semester, we might have 20 classes going on and we're hustling to find new books. Because people who are writing metaphysical books today, especially in the Unity brand – excuse me, just give me this moment to be on my soapbox, uh, Reverend Dieter and uh, Jenny. Just give me this this one moment to be on my soapbox. Uh, People, even in the Unity movement, are not writing material that's consistent with the Unity theology. What do I mean by that? I've been in conferences where people are, are unity ministers of teaching the seven chakras. We don't teach the seven chakras. We teach 12 powers. Amen. Okay. So if you don't know your own stuff and you're presenting somebody else's stuff, then you technically are invalidating your stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Uh, you know, if we if we show up in the New Thought Philosophy and we're teaching, uh, we're more concerned about teaching spiral dynamics. The universal principle, not knocking spiral. I actually like the material. It's in the toolbox, but it's not my emphasis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to be mindful of that. I'm not dissing it. Again, I'm talking about if you are repre- if you are a licensed representative or a teacher or author, etc., who is saying I'm promoting a partic- particular philosophy, I'm not saying that it can't evolve. I'm saying know your foundation and evolve from it. Yes. But don't necessarily discard the foundation and. And start to pick up everybody else's thing and not know your stuff. So when we when it's time to start talking about I remember somebody came to me years ago and they said, you all need to have some uh, more author signings in the bookstore. I said, almost everybody that we teach in the Institute is deceased. They've been deceased for years because <laughs> the primary books that we teach that are the impactful books that help transform people's lives. the majority of those authors are deceased because… In my opinion, and this is my opinion, this is, so if you disagree with what I say, contact me, not them. <laughs> In my opinion, that if New Thought, Unity Movement, Universal Foundation for Better Living, Centers for Spiritual Living, Divine Science International, and any of the other branches of it that are more independent are not willing to stand behind the principles that we teach and the demonstration of it. In other words, the power of the message. Then all we do is turn into another progressive spirituality that has no bite. The power of our message is it heals. The power of our message is it transforms. The power of our message is if you work it, you'll get your prosperity. The power of our message is you create your own opportunities. So if we're not teaching the power of the message, not just everybody get together and hold hands and love each other. I believe in that wholeheartedly. Yes. But the impact of this message is power. When Reverend Coleman came and brought this message, for instance, to the African-American community in the 1950s Chicago and during Jim Crow. She wasn't teaching it so people can uh, come together and just be happy. She was yeah. telling people that even in the midst of the worst circumstances, if you can practice this, you can transform your life. And anybody that tries to get it in your way can't because you will have it by right of consciousness, what we just talked about earlier, because they can't interfere with divine law. That's the power of this message, the message that told people that you don't have to die, that yeah. if you can recognize God in you, you can heal your body. The power that says you don't have to be broke, sick and unhappy. And if we're not willing to teach that and stand behind that and, and rather play in the intellectual discourses that won't get anybody anywhere, then Then that will explain why our movement is declining instead of increasing, though. Everybody in the self-help movement is making money off of our teachings. Right. Yes. Yes. So I'm off my soapbox now. Oh, Oh, well,
1: you know what? I I didn't know that at 1045 on a Wednesday morning I was going to church. But thank you. You just took me to church. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for that message, because it just speaks right to my heart, and I loved everything you had to say.
4: Beautiful. And the thing is, the question that we have to ask ourselves as ministers, as parishioners, as as true students, whatever you want to call yourself, do I go to church to be validated or do I go to be challenged? We're supposed to be growing here. And, you know, just like Reverend Coleman faced what she faced, the whole New Thought movement comes at, at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution when people were being treated like machines. When you were being told by culture and by religion, you know, sinners in the hands of the angry God, that kind of an idea, you were being told by culture and by religion that as an individual, you weren't worth anything. And here comes New Thought saying, you're everything. You're a child of God, and the whole thing rests in your heart and in your actions. It's so beautiful to know that. And yes, you know what? Ernest Holmes said that you should have your conception be open at the top, and Charles Fillmore said that I reserve a right to change my mind, but there's a difference between being open to evolutionary thought versus just saying one thing and then saying something else that completely contradicts what you just said. Well, it makes me think my
1: uh, our oldest, our daughter, she is an art history major, and um, that's what her college degree is in. And when she was going through her college courses, she had to learn from the master's. And one of the reasons that she came back and said, I have to learn the rules and I have to learn the foundations so that when I go to make my own art or to teach my own art or to even teach the history, I know why rules are broken or why we do certain things um, when you go into the, the modern version of what you're doing. And it so speaks to it, but you have to know where you come from and the tradition of this in order to move forward to evolve. Otherwise, you're just evolving into into
4: nothing. Well, and if I'm if I'm telling you that you're a child of God, that the truth about you is Christ in you, your hope of glory. If you've got all of the power and all of the answers and all of the love that there is in the universe inside of you, my next sentence cannot be. But you need a special magic necklace in order to make everything okay. Because I just and I also can't tell you you're also a miserable sinner in the worm of the dust. You know, I'm not picking on any particular t- tradition. I'm talking about being in line with what our foundation is. And our foundation is that the power is within you. Right, right.
3: Yeah, I'm a Kung Fu student. We only have about three or four minutes left, but I'm a Kung Fu student, a Qigong student. And one of the things that matters when you learn martial arts is learning from a master because you'll mess it up. <laughs> right. Um, but, and, and one of the things that, Uh, Bruce Lee said years ago was in the 60s he says when I he said before I learned martial arts I thought a punch was just a punch and a kick was just a kick when I learned martial arts I learned that a punch just wasn't a punch and a kick just wasn't a kick now that I've become a master of martial arts now I understand that a punch is just a punch Mm -hmm. and a kick is just a kick and he's saying the same thing but depending on the level of consciousness you're on and ability, it will determine how you see the same thing. So, but if you don't have the fundamentals that you can't play with a thing, nor can (laughs) you simplify it down to its base essence. So one of the things that people wrestle with, as I tell my class, because ironically, I teach lessons in truth here at the Johnny Coleman Institute, um, is be comfortable in the paradox. The paradox of, you know, the law and l- grace, you know, be comfortable in the paradox of there are times when you have to be intentional. And then there's times where you surrender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Being comfortable in the paradox. We want it to be one way because we're trying to intellectualize it. And I see, a, I see that a lot in new thought. And one of the things that I had, I had a long conversation with uh, Terry McBride, who has the best healing testimony anybody I've ever heard.
4: Oh, yeah. I love, uh, love uh, Terry.
3: Yeah, um, that his thing was, you know, he tells people I healed my body. He said people say, no, no, God. He's like, no, I healed my body because I was intentional about working the law of mm-hmm. God as me. And and for some folks, that's too much. But he's like, no, he's I'm not. He said I'm not interested in, you know, it's my term, not his. Your airy fairy new thought, right? You know, people's lives are at stake. Let's teach the power. Mm-hmm. Let's get back to as you said earlier at the beginning of the show christ in you yes your hope of glory uh you know or as rocco erico would say christ in you uh your joyful expectation or something like that he translates it differently but it's beautiful because yeah. we should have an expectation that if god's power is in us then something should be happening different in my life once i realize that
4: yes yeah so if i if I hold something over over the floor and I let go, it's gonna drop to the ground. Now I dropped it, but gravity did the work. You right. know, and that's the balance.
3: Right. and It's understanding the difference. So we've run out of time, y'all. We got yes. about one minute left. So let me just say that thank you all for coming on the show. Make sure you all get the book branching in. Uh go to unitysociety.com. Unitysociety.com. Yep. Get the information. Do what you need to do to connect with them. Uh, let me just say this right off the bat. I'll I'll be reaching out to you all so we can have some conversation later because we got to finish this conversation just on this metaphysical Bible stuff because yes, now that I know that I found some kindred spirits, now we can rock and roll.
4: <laughs> yeah, <you> <laughs> I love it. And by the way, it's so funny. There's an article about Bruce Lee on UnitySociety.com. I'm, I'm a big bro- – as a matter of fact, if you, I have an iPad Pro. And when uh-huh. I turn
3: my iPad on, people laugh because I have a picture of Bruce Lee in his Game of Death outfit with the yellow <laughs> with the black stripes on it. I was like, look, everything, you can explain everything around Bruce Lee. So no. with uh, <laughs> we have to talk about that, too, sometime I'd like to. I, it sounds like we we got some connections. <laughs> Absolutely. So God bless you. Thank you all for saying yes. And I bless your ministry. I know that it will do whatever it needs to do to help transform people. God bless everyone else. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple.
0: The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now.
5: As a society, we're becoming more conscious of our responsibility to the environment. There are precious resources which must be properly managed. Although it is necessary for me to focus on these outer resources, it's equally important to develop my inner spiritual resources. Within every one of us is a wellspring of peace, a power which cannot be overused, yet often remains neglected. Every time I choose to think and act from that peace within, I bless not only my immediate environment, but the entire world as well. Peace is a precious resource that I can serve best by giving it away. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.